You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom Brocha. I'm Avram Kivalevich, and this is On Principle, Challenges in Jewish Education. Uh, it's a very cathartic day for me. I'm going back. I've actually reached out uh, to my first Rebbe in high school, uh, and he's graciously given of his time to talk to us. I'm here through the magic of Zoom with my Rebbe, the Menahel of the Mechina of Yeshivas Ner Yisrael in Baltimore. That's the high school. We'll talk about why it's called Mechina in a minute. Rav Simcha Kuk, who uh, I was in his second cheer, the second cheer he ever gave, uh, the second year, uh, 47 years ago. And uh, Baruch Hashem, I've had the schus uh, to keep up with my rebellion. Uh And uh, it hasn't always been easy. And there's a lot of, a lot of water under the bridge. But thank you so much for being with us. I think that one of the reasons why I, I reached out to you, Rebbe, was because through this uh, panic crisis of corona, uh, schools have been the ones that have to, especially have to, have, to, have to adopt in such an incredible way. And there's been a lot of interest about how schools that have been known as Haredi schools that don't necessarily uh, embrace technology the same way some of the other modern schools do, uh, how have they been functioning? And especially a school like Neri Yisrael, where it isn't just you, you show up at eight in the morning, but you're there consistently and you're there for three star, sometimes even four. So I'm going to let you talk a little bit about how the yeshiva is functioning, what's going on. Obviously, we hope everything will go back to normal soon. But what's been happening now and, and how are, are things managing? Go ahead, Rebbe. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Um, thank you for your kind introduction, of Rebbe. I, I have to tell you that um, uh, Rabbi Kibalevich introduces me as Manal, but I look at myself primarily as Rebbe, those are my, enjoy- my enjoyable years for over 30, close to 40 years as a Rebbe. And, um, and, and, and Raymo, as I called him then, uh, was one of my star <laughs> Talmudim, star pupils. Uh, you know, I've had over a thousand Talmudim over the years, but some stay with you and some process. I really think I remember all my Talmudim. I, I haven't, don't think I've forgotten anybody. Nobody come over to me and say to me, do you remember I was in your shi and I would forget, but some have kept a lasting uh, connection, a kesha, and Avram was one of those. He's a very uh, a, a unique individual, as you know, and his, he was fascinating as a 13-year-old, brilliant child, uh, precocious, um, intelligent, un- unbelievably well-read. I, you know, <laughs> was rare that I could say she and quote Winston Churchill and anybody know what I'm talking about. But Evan was there all the time. And <laughs> he kept me on my toes. And uh, if you see, I have gray hair, white hair. We can attribute a lot to it. 
to Rav Emel's uh, perseverance. <laughs> I see. Well, and, I'm happy. Uh, that, I'm happy that I had a role again. Baruch Hashem, you know, the, I, I'm not a victim of Corona. The Rebbe, so you don't have to be masking me so well. But uh, believe me, there'll be a record of this. People will. People will go back and find it. But I appreciate the compliments. Believe me. But you know, I'm, I'm here wearing a different hat today, and uh, I, I, okay. I, I, because Baruch Hashem, you know, we're we're going to always have. Like, I'm happy that I'm, you'll always be my Rebbe, and I'm happy to be your Talmud. And I also, of course, consider you a very close friend. And I know if that's, I know that I once had a machlikas with Harav Agoyin and David Cohen about this issue. Talmud Chaver, Talmud Chaver. I remember it. I remember it well. I remember. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, look, I, I, I still, I will still, I'll still stick to my guns on this. That uh, you're okay. my rebbe, but at the same time, we had tremendous shmuzarai and Baruch Hashem. I was so happy that you took part in uh, in my daughter's chasana. It meant a lot uh, that you were there at the a touchstone moment of, of of my life. But now, look, we're okay. professional. Let's we're get, professionals let's here. Let's go. Let's, that's good. Okay, so the technology has provided, as, no, let me not use the word technology, the pandemic, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 has presented a challenge in, in the Chinuch, and of course everybody knows, but I can only talk about our personal experience in Israel, that it has, has no precedent. It is something we've never faced, never dealt with before. We have no Masoda to draw upon. We have no elder generation that even the generation before me um, have no idea. Where we've had Soros and you know Rachman some difficulties, but this is something that's really unprecedented in American in American history, and we're we're groping and grappling with the issues and how to continue teaching Torah within the within the limits of uh, of uh, meeting with each other. So. We started off, we, we were using Google Meets before Pesach. Why don't you explain, so, why, explain to us what Google Meets is? What is that? Uh, well, Google Meets was really very similar to Zoom, where the Rebbe would be on the computer, the, the Talmud would see him, he would see them, and uh, created a, you know, at least we had the, the way to see each other. And um, the, the shoe was given like that. Then we moved to... Um, this this is based on the assumption, I'm sorry for interrupting, this is based on the assumption that all the Talmudim had internet at home, right? Wherever right. they were. In other words, you sent the, the, the no, school... No, no, no. It was based on something most of them did, but they also could access the Shia through a phone. Mm-hmm. And I would say on average, five in each Shia would go by phone. So we have like, can I know how 240 Talmudim? So it's 11 Shurim. So we had about 40 to 50 Bochrim were not able to access, they were only through the phone. It was problematic. Second, there was a major problem with this, was you have families with uh, Kanaina Horamor uh, children and maybe one computer, and, and uh, the father needed the computer, the mother needed the computer, and the kid from this school needed it, and the kid from that school, so everybody's fighting over one computer. So they got another computer, but it didn't help. And we were trying to give Shia every day from 10 o'clock till 2.30, with obvious breaks in between, but that was the, the wow. time slot. We started at 10 to accommodate the Bochum who lived in different time zones, and we ended at uh, 2.30. But this created problems. Then the issue was raised, and I really don't want to discuss it because it seems to be a machlokes amongst ways. Should we use the internet to teach Torah? In view of the fact that the internet has been 
um, frowned upon by many <clears throat> uh, sections and factions <laughs> of the Frum community. And here we are telling Baruch and Reinhardt you shouldn't have internet because of the pitfalls. I will say that there have been terrible pitfalls and Baruch have confided to their rebellion how being on the internet has brought them down. I, I like to say it's a mute, a, you know, a, a minority, but it has happened. And here we are giving shear uh, through uh, an instrument that we have, have tried to talk Baruch not to have. Number one. And number two, like I mentioned before, the limitations. So we came up, we found a fantastic solution. Um, Tom Sora came out with a, a lockdown Chromebook. And this means that we ordered, Yeshiva paid for it, 250 Chromebooks, which are only accessible to our Yeshiva. In other words, you can't access anything else. You can't talk to your friend. You can't go anywhere on the internet. The internet that you have is only to the Mechina, to Ne Yisrael. And, the, uh, and this way, it's really Zoom with all the milers that Zoom has. And, with the, and we, could feel, we felt confident that we are not um, asking Bartram to, uh, to have an internet access besides to the Chromebook. Also, it required Wi-Fi. We were limited. The, out of all our families, we had about 10 families, 12 families who did not have Wi-Fi. So we worked out a way they could get MiFi, which is like a, also a, t- a lockdown Wi-Fi that will not allow them to contact anything else, use the Wi-Fi, and he said the internet that goes to through our Chromebook. This Chromebook, we, we've just gotten it. We haven't started using it yet, but I've been involved in the practicing and helping. The, I myself have been helped, and I'm helping other Abayim to figure out how to use it. And it has one fantastic model called Breakout Rooms, which may, some of your listeners are familiar with, but for us, of course, everything is new. Breakout rooms enabled that the Rebbe, the two Chavrusas could learn together. The Rebbe would see them learning together and he could go into the room and talk to them and they could talk to him and they could request his presence. And also during the shear, if they had a question, there's a little button on the bottom that says raise hand. They click on that <laughs> and then the notifi- notification comes up on the Rebbe's screen that so-and-so wants to ask a question, answer Kasha. And uh, other sort of uh, uh, small wow. details that, that, that well, really... It sounds, it sounds fascinating. It sounds like futuristic and incredible. And Baruch Hashem, the people were out there in the Agudo or Termasora that were able to put this thing together. I, I guess when you say, when they're doing... In other words, every student, just to reiterate, is going to get a, gets a package of a Chromebook, meaning a computer, that, right. like you say, is connected to the Nera Israel Mechina Internet, or whatever you want to call it, the Mechina... I'm not sure what the network is, but that's what it is. It's the Near Israel network. That's the only thing you can be connected to. And when the Bachram learn together, are they learning like, we're going to be recording this, you know, there isn't going to, I'm not going to upload the video, but are they seeing each other the same way we're seeing each other? Right. In other words, we're learning together. We're learning, uh, what did we learn? Uh, uh, that was the first year. <laughs> what did we learn? Babakama? Okay, we, I, we learned Babakama, yes, yes. Oh, right. Yeah, the okay. first parak, you drilled into me exactly what the uh, Mamatsinu was and what is a Binyanab, oh, okay, okay. right. and over and over again, I still hear and, your voice. Whenever I teach it, I always hear your voice. Your, uh, and the Pnei Yeshua, there's a Pnei Yeshua over there we spoke out. Okay, so I'm, I'm learning with Avra, with, uh, with Avra Kivalevich. So I'm telling him, you know, uh, Avra was in Zikin. 
and we learn together. And he says, "What are what are others? Why is it enough? Why is it uh, what's a, tell them what's going on over there?" I said, "You know, really, you've stumped me. Uh, I don't know. So let's ask the Rebbe." So we call the Rebbe. Rebbe comes in. Yeah, Rebbe, why? How do you calling? call the so? How do you call the Rebbe when when the when the Bukram are learning? Like they're oh, watching so each other. So how do you right, say? There's so a the, button, and the Rebbe is like he's got his computer, and he can see all the screens. Right, what's right, going right, on? Right. Right, oh, so that's great. Rep Tendler and Shemayim would be very happy with that. I'm sure the idea of having such a uh, a, 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 a so there's an icon on the bottom. to be able to be able to see every single Rebbe, every single student that's going on. I'm telling you, he's he's getting big nachas from being able okay. to be able to see everything. <laughs> Go so ahead. Anyway, so there's an icon on the bottom, and that says help, <laughs> seek help. So uh -huh. You click on that. And then it says, you know, uh, you asked the Rebbe to come in. And then we, so we asked the Rebbe the Kasha, and the Rebbe said, why did you look in Rashi? And Rashi will tell you what others are. Uh -huh. So we, uh, you know, and then we, it's back and forth. So it's, it's, it, it's the improvement of the phone is, I can't even begin to describe it. The phone, as all of you or many of you know, phone is very limited. You know, a Rebbe is giving you on the phone, and the Bachas uh, put the phone on his, uh, one father told me, yeah, that my son, he put the phone under the bed, and he's on the, uh, having a good time. You know, because yes. I know what he's doing. This way we see the Bochum, and the Bochum see us. So, so, so the, Bochum are, the Bochum are forced to keep the screen on so the Rebbe yeah. can see that they're really there. Yes, yeah. Uh, and, and the Rebbe then stops it after an hour and says, I'm giving shear. Everybody has to be part of it. And then he gives shear? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 this, and, and if they want to ask a question again, the Rebbe sees the button. Is that the way it works? Right, right, right. Now, as the Menachem, and I mentioned Rav Temer before, you know, snooping in and everything. Are you snooping in and seeing what's going on? Are you, are you, are you monitoring and making sure? Because that's your job. I mean, your job no, no, is... No, no, I don't, I don't do that. That's not the type of uh, Menachem I am. What I will do is that the Rebbe, at the end of the day, as they do it on the phone, they'll call me and say, okay, uh, you know, the uh, Simcha, the... Um, so-and-so didn't come in today. He didn't, uh, you know, mm -hmm. so I said, okay, thank you very much. And I tell them how to deal with it. If they feel it, then I'll call out the boy and I'll say, you know, we were missing today. What happened? You know, I, I'm treading a very, very thin tightrope, meaning that we want to keep up the yeshiva and the learning as much as we can. But it is extremely difficult for the bathroom. And, you know, it's not like a normal learning. They're under a lot of pressure. So I don't want to push them over the edge. At the same time, I want to bring him into the fold. So <laughs> that balance is not easy. I'm trying to, so therefore, it's, you know, it says, and I would say we'll be and with, you know, your, your etzba on your... Baruch Hashem. That was the way it was when I was there. But what I'm... <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to ask you was, so, so they, the day basically ends at 2.30. But they then have, I know that it was a, a very big difference between, let's say, Nair Yisrael and when I was growing up in Philly, which was like still the top yeshiva, was Nair Yisrael, they took English studies more seriously. Uh, I went on Wikipedia and I saw a new name for the principal, Rabbi Hauptmann. It sounds like it was, uh, I don't know if he's still the principal. How is that? Is, is, is there is, is English studies going on, the Mudechol studies going on? through this corona period for the kids? Okay. So I'm going to be very frank with you, okay? Good. Um, we always okay. are. <laughs> okay. If you see I'm looking for a job next week, you'll help me out, okay? But um, <laughs> I, no, I'll be very frank with you. The, the English, we felt that the boys are going to be learning till 2.30 under you know, very extenuating circumstances. Now, to put them through an English program where the teacher's going to teach them and expect it's really 
you know, this, this will be an interview by itself. How do Bacharim work hard, assuming they're working hard from 10, from, and then the Jews run from 9 to 2.30 in the morning, and they expect them to sit down and be studious in English. It's very, it, you need very masterful teachers to do this, and that's a story in itself. But we felt that to put them on a, on a uh, live teaching in the afternoon would not be effective. So what we did is, the Rabbi Hartman, by the way, was a Talmud in them. He was in my shir. He was in the year, not, not so long after you. He was, do you remember? Uh, he was Zeicher to become Rab, the Chasn of the Benesi, it sounds like. Right, right, right. Remember Tzvi Teichman? Sure, Heshi Teichman, sure. So it's, 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 they were in the same shir. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, and 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 uh, Rabbi Hartman was a very uh, studious. Uh, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. Listen, he's. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not being mafakbek on him. Baruch Hashem, that that was a position that, uh, again, w- we we took it seriously. When you saw Rabbi Wolf right. uh, coming down the hallway, you were scared. Go ahead. Okay. So Rabbi Hartman is a you know Talmud Chacham. He's a Rosh Kabura, but at the same time, he never became the English principal. And what they, he did with his with his um, staff is that they pre-recorded their lessons. Mm. And then they will, uh, uh, um, you know, email them to the Bacher, and the Bacher can look at it, he can download it on his Chromebook and work it in on his own time, and then submit through the Chromebook, and you know, he'll type in any uh, um, uh, questions, tests, things that he had to do, and send it back to the I see. So that's and it's and, and it's and it's on the. I assume everything is on the honor system, right? All it's a very different right. Rebbe, you were always very proud of your bechinus. I remember the tests that we uh, struggled on and trying to figure out. I, I, I think I, I got that bug in my head. People said, "Why is Rabbi Kivlovich always giving these multiple choice?" tests and every multiple choice test I ever gave I remember that this was one of your favorite things was to come up with five or six different options are those tests still happening uh, in any way shape or form during this period Bechinas? yes so we've been giving Bechinas and up till now they've bought the Bachan have scanned their Bechinas and sent them back via email now they'll be able to do them directly on the Chromebook they can type their answers and as you say it's going to be an honor system you know, I'm, I'm contemplating the idea that every buffer should send in a paper that, that he uh, promises that he will answer the, the questions by himself without the assistance of anybody else. And, you know, but I, I, that's the best we could do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd rather still give them and if they get high mark because they didn't deserve it. So, you know, so, so be it. I so I think you've answered one of my other questions that I had ready, which was Night Seder. I assume, just as you said before, you're already demanding so much. The Night Seder is being put in abeyance until Mirza Shandishiba. No. No, 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 no. Oh, night seder is also part of it. Yes, we changed. We made a night. So they're off at two thirty. They're off from two thirty till night seder, which is eight o'clock. So that they can use their time to do their English homework. Some of them learn a chabura. If they, I don't know if your time is a twelfth grade chabura, which involves about fifty-five, sixty bachrim, and they learn with each other chabura. So that's from three thirty to five. There's the eleventh grade chabura that learn from you know for forty-five minutes, and the rest the bachrim ninth pretty much on their own. And then eight o'clock we have night seder. And again, the night seder will be on Zoom, so the Rebbe, uh, we have, who can see, you know, whatever the mashkirch of night seder is, well, in that case, they will look into chavrusas, you know, as you call it, snooping. I don't like to use the word snooping. It will be, mates, it's you know? Yeah, like, yeah, uh, all right. Yeah. You bring mashkirch, yeah. The Rebbe, the mashkirch will, you know, uh, say hello to Bochum, you know, and announce his presence then. Uh, so we have for the ninth grade, 
And I, I just want to say on that point, just just to, to you know to lighten the mood here a little bit. They say that Rav Shalom Shadron, you know, the great Magid, uh, was also a Mashkiach. I forgot which yeshiva he was, but at one time he was a Mashkiach in, in, in one of the yeshivas in, in, in Eretz Yisrael. So he would walk around while the Bochum were learning. But he didn't even look what they were doing. He himself was sitting in the morning. So he'd walk around holding a Gemara, going back and forth, back and forth, and basically just walk through, you know, just concentrating on his learning, back and forth, back and forth. So uh, a big Talmud Chacham came over to him and said, that's not your job. Your job is to, to see what's going on. Your job is, you know, your job is to see. So supposedly right that night, he took a bus to B'nai Brak to speak to the Chazanish. And to ask the Chazanish, was this true? He's being paid to be Mashgiach, and yet what he's really doing is 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 being emblematic, being a living symbol of Tyre and walking around. So Chazanish says, that's the best. <laughs> the yeah. fact that the Bokram see you like that, that you're doing your job more than listening in and seeing what's going on there. They see Vusaistadugme for Natalmud Chokham. So it's a good way to think about, about what we yes. try to do as Mashgiachim and Rabbeim. So, uh, so I'm sure that it's happening. And it's, it sounds to me, Rav Cook and Rebbe, is that you are really in this way, like inventing the wheel here. Are, are some of the other yeshivas, like we know uh, Lakewood is full of yeshiva katanas now or high schools. Uh, I mentioned Philly before. Are you also talking with them? I mean, all the Haredi type yeshivas speaking together about how this thing is going to work. Are people looking at Neri Yisrael as a leader in this area and now... Uh, others are calling you up and saying, how's it going? Can, what can we do? Okay, so it's an interesting question. So I can answer There's two answers. The, number one is the new Manahalim, whom, whom I have met at Tomaso Conventions, have been calling me. And, you know, they've started, they're one, two, three years old, and I'm being, you know, talking with them. The Manahalim from all the uh, things are not calling me for advice, but they're asking how we're doing it. And we ask them. I mean, there's a, Baruch Hashem, there's a very nice, communication between the Manalim and there are two camps and one camp is in no circumstance where we use anything to no for teleconferencing which to, in my eyes it's, it's it's fraught with difficulties it's you know but I am not I want to be very careful that I'm not uh, no seriously speaking I'm not belittling I'm not criticizing I'm just making aware that it, it's impeding really is impeding the ability of the kids unless they're so really motivated it's impeding their um, their uh, uh, learning to um, to to fully function, and then there's other schools that are doing what we're doing with the Chromebook. Then to the further to the left of that, there are um, schools that are just doing Zoom, like straight Zoom. You know, they use their own computers and they Zoom. Sure. And and they're doing it because. You know, most of the, they're all their students. Uh, no, I understand. I, no, no, and I, yeah. I understand. I understand. Believe me, I've spoke. We've spoken about it on our on a lot of different podcasts. And I guess that's the. the I just have two more points. One thing is, after this is over, Mitzvah Shem, the Rebbeinu Shalom should be Meiser Chayli Umadve, and and Mitzvah Shem, Ani Hashem Reifecha should be Mekuyim for all the. And, and, and the, the, it's such a, a terrible machla, uh, and we all know people that Nebuch Imgikim and from it, and the Kaddish Baruch should be Meiser at Lagamri. What? I, but after this is over, and Neri Yisrael goes back, uh, and the Mechinas Neri Yisrael goes back to 400 Mount Wilson Lane again. Uh, to the beautiful buildings and dormitories that you have there. Do you see that maybe you're going to make a little bit more use of computer technology and to see how it works? And I guess the follow-up on that is maybe there are some Talmudim who are actually thriving this way who weren't thriving when they had the pressure of everybody around. One of the things that that, that Nair Yisrael 
sometimes impedes and sometimes pushes is the ultra competitiveness, which I remember from 47 years ago. Who's the best bacher? What's going on? Maybe the fact that there's a little bit of distance is allowing some growth and you're seeing a certain Talmudim. And maybe you can, in a certain way, use some of this even after you come back. And that's going to look, there's a lot of money went into these Chromebooks. Maybe the Rabbanu Shalom is telling us that this is something you can still use, and especially people who have chokhmah, how to use it, and to continue to use it as a positive thing. Okay, what do you say? Okay, you're making a very, very valid point. It's, there are so many different types of learning. When I say learning, I mean types of ways that people learn. And, you know, we're much more sensitive to this um, in 2020 than we were in 1973. In 1973, <laughs> either you're smart, you're stupid, right. or you're or you're top. There was no such thing as learning disabled. What's learning disabled? Dyslexic. What does that mean? You know, right. there's uh, None of that existed in those days. <laughs> right. That's right. It was there, but we didn't we, we didn't put labels on it. Right. We didn't label, right. <laughs> That's I right. Mean, I had a bar in this year a few years after you, and he was like, so ADD, we're called ADD. I don't, how do I deal with ADD? And he said, I, let's call his name uh, Chaim. He said, Chaim, okay, I want, you to run around, I want you to run around the whole campus twice. When you come back, then come back to Shia. <laughs> so he listened to me. Of course, all the boys ran to the window to see him running. He ran around the campus. He came back. He was an angel. <laughs> we had no energy left, you know. So he said, yeah. But but nowadays everything is you know we have all these uh, things. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, yes, we now know. Baruch, Baruch Hashem, we now and these kids don't have to be pariahs. These kids, right. there's pharmacological uh, right. answers for them, and we know Absolutely. what has to be done. So uh, so oh, let so me tell you. So so some of them are visual learners, some are audio learners, yeah, kinetic uh, and, and sure. And I and I I, I, went, I attended a couple of um, uh, classes on this which is fascinating to me is that some people learn better in noise. You know, right. I, I learned some people that they need music, but they have music in the back, so they detest, so they can concentrate much better. Other people... I'm, I'm one of them. I'm oh, one of them. Okay. <laughs> so, Even uh, be Maya Sphira. I'm, I, I have a hero from Rev Heinemann, but go ahead. Oh, should I tell you a funny story? Oh. Look, you said that you didn't want this to get boring, but go ahead. Okay. So when I was a kid... <laughs> Okay. You listened to one of our other shows. You said it was boring, but okay, okay. go ahead. Okay, when I was a kid. Um, in England, in England. In England, yes. Grew up, yes. Grew up in England. You have My to use your, was, you, you have, you have to uh, uh, elevate, your, elevate yeah. the king's accent when okay. you're doing this story. So, okay, so when I was a young boy growing up in England, and my father, Oliver Shalom, was a, a uh, Lithuanian-born old school father. You know, he was fantastic, and I respected him. And he had certain um, ways that, you know, this is, this is how you do it. You know, there's no, like, room for, uh, for independent thought. This is where we do it. Okay. So I would come home from school, and I would do my homework in my room. And uh, being a young boy, I like to listen to music. You know, um, perhaps I'm aging myself, but, you know, the Beatles were, <clears throat> the Beatles were very popular in those days. They sure. just uh, broken out, you know, just come to the scene. And all of us... <laughs> from and not from alike were very much uh, enraptured by the um, the music of the Beatles and other groups at that time. So I would go into my room and I put my, I would say it's called a radio, I call it, we call it a wireless, and I turn on my wireless and do my studies. My father did not approve. He said, you can't study with music. Okay. So I was a little electronically minded 
And so I went to one of these electronic stores. I bought, now you know when you, you get a switch that when you open the closet, the light goes on. So I was able to find a reverse switch that when you open the closet, the light goes off. So I wired it up to this, my radio, connected to the door. So if my father walked in, <laughs> the, the door would open, it would immediately go off. What I had to reckon with is, I don't know if any of your listeners know about this, but my wireless in those days, it worked by <clears throat> vacuum tubes. And, <clears throat> and they actually heated up the tubes, and that's how they played the music. When you turned off your wireless, your radio, the tube had not cooled down yet. Oh, so so you, still uh, the music. So my father comes in, he opens the door, and unfortunately, yes, the radio went off, but the music was still going. <laughs> he thwarted my plans, you know. So uh, he saw, he was able to see the, the the light, the illumination of the tubes. Well, um, there's definitely definitely something there about uh, uh, about uh, Lennon and, and McCartney's uh, chokhmah to be able to put. Uh, I, uh, music together that I think are, people are still hearing in their heads and I, I appreciate <clears throat> that story especially since it reminds me of when you once uh, surprised me in the dormitory when I was listening to a, a tape uh, that Neil Wallen had uh, made for me when he went home uh, uh, and uh, you came in <laughs> and you asked me of all, what is it that you what is it that you're listening to and I said Birche <laughs> <laughs> and of course you immediately confiscated it and uh, and it might be there, as you said in your reptilian office, it might still be in there, that uh, that cassette tape. Because then it was shown that I was actually listening to some uh, ridiculous 70s song. It wasn't as Hoshim as the Beatles. I think it was actually the song was um, It Never Rains in Southern California. And uh, I'm going to put a link to that song here on the uh, on the notes. But I guess what you're trying to say is, is that... Um, the, and I'm not sure exactly what you're trying to say. Oh, yeah, so, so then get back to the You're talking about whether the different, <laughs> types of le- different types of learning, learners. And so I were just saying, yeah, right, so now. You said be- right. You said before, so do the Chrome. So the Chrome is, you know, truth of the matter is, it is helpful to uh, certain ones who need to, they can go for the shear by themselves. It can be recorded. Right. And then do it. So when this whole thing is over and the Chromebooks return to us, uh, <clears throat> we will use them. Um, I hope for English in the general studies program. And it's a very delicate issue about will we use them for um, Lumudi Kodesh as helps for Lumudi. So I don't really want to touch that subject um, at this point, but there are those who feel that it would be a useful, um, a, a useful option. Some yeah. feel that I, I, I do want to remind you about two things though on that. And again, it's not, it's not my place. Uh, I don't, Donate to Nary Stroll as an alum. I think I might use their calendar when they send it to me. Um, but the point is, is that Nary Stroll's um, motto is building greatness one Talmud at a time. Seems to me that uh, from where I'm sitting, that that might be a very good thing because it's one Talmud. Every Talmud's different. And I would say that uh, <coughs> the Menahel, that that's part of the Dora Chodosh, and maybe that's what the Rabbanu Shalom, that's one of the messages you're maybe hearing. Second thing I would just ask you, and we'll end with this, I know that when I was growing up, people would say, um, where do you go? And I would say, I go to near Yisrael, the Mechina. What's the Mechina? And is that the Masifta? Is that the high school? And at the time, I thought that Mechina meant getting ready. I knew where the word came from, that it was getting ready to become a base Medrash which I never, I left before I became a base medrash broker, although I spent a lot of time in the in the base medrash. Can you just end with this and say, again, what are you trying? You know, 
past Corona, how do you see, and without getting into this, uh, it's not going to be a, a long drosha, but what do you see Mechina meaning now for you? What are you trying to get these Bochram to be? I think people, especially you say our listeners, I know who our listeners are, but there is, I think, a misconception about what yeshivas are trying to produce. What are you trying to ready the Bochram to be? Okay, that's a, a very good question. And it will take, I'm, I'm going to be <clears throat> abbreviate my answer. Yes. First, I want to say that when you say what, um, building greatness once, that is the mantra of Ney Yisrael that has been the policy of the Rosh Hashiva, the founding Rosh Hashiva of Rudiman Zechazalik Rocha, together with his brother-in-law, Rabbi Neuberger, and, with, uh, and that has been our policy. We try to treat as much as possible each Talmud as an individual, and, um, and we, 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 we try to do that. And I must say that the present Rosh Hashiva is continuing. And I want to add that the Rosh Hashiva of Aaron Feldman, who is a member of the Moetzes <coughs> Torah, has been very supportive of us uh, using the um, Chromebooks with our limited uh, access. The name Mechina is, is interesting. Mechina came from Slobotka. There was a Mechina in Slobotka, the, I forget what the name is, Knesset, Yitzchak, Knesset, Israel, one of the oldest. There were two yeshivas there, right? There was right. the Muster Yeshiva and the Lomdesha Yeshiva. Right. Yeah. So the Mechina was the, was the Hachona for the yeshiva. I think Rav Borstein was the Rosh Yeshiva. And um, <clears throat> I think the different, that's the different Yecheskel. The different Yecheskel was his, and he was the Rosh Mechina to prepare the Bokhmer. So when the, when the Rosh Shiva agreed to have a Mechina, it was considered as a prep, as a, a prep school, a preparatory school for the Yeshiva. That's how the name Mechina started. It was connected. But over the course of the years, Mechina has developed into perhaps its own um, <clears throat> institution, not just a prep for the Yeshiva, and, and as you mentioned when we were talking earlier, the Mechina is also preparing, I don't know, that's not the reason why it has that name, but we could adapt the name to mean that it is preparing Bochum for the outside world. And one of the most important things that we do, you know, most important is to teach them Torah, to teach them Gemara, to teach them Ian Bikias, and to teach them Yerushalayim and Avodah Hashem. But an equal chalik to that is to prepare them to go out into the world and share their responsibility to the rest of Kalal Yisrael. You didn't come to our machina and go to Shiva so that you could be by yourself and keep saying your own dollars. You have to get out there and help others. And there is not a city in America that you will not find a, a Talmud of Mechina, a Talmud of Yisrael, that is not involved in some sort of Kalal work, whether it's a Rav, a Rosh Hashiva, a principal, a boys' school, a girls' school, he can be the leader of the kahila, leader of the community, can be the president of the shul. But all over, this, the United States is dotted with Talmudim who, who came from the Mechina and carried out that responsibility. And, as, and I want to end with that, that that's what we set out to do. We feel a Christ to all of Klai Yisrael, and we want to Im- imbue that feeling into our students, into our Talmudim. And the Rebbeim should give us that we should be able to continue our holy work even under these trying circumstances, then we all hope that Mr. Shem should be returned to the Mechina, returned to the Bati Midrashim, and ultimately to the base of Mikdush. Well, I, I, I don't want to, that's a, a wonderful wrap-up. I'll, I'll, I'll just put, give, give my two cents here on that and just say that the, what they've gone through, they're going to remember, Mr. Shem, this is not going to be the new normal. But you've readied them, I think, through the uh, 
hismatrus that you've had to continue the yeshiva, to also ready them. They're going to remember this crucible. And I think they're going to come out of it uh, ready to, to contribute. And Mirta Shem, it should definitely be something that will be part of their lives, how much the yeshiva cared to keep things going. How many, when we grew up, Rebbe, what did we always hear from Rabbi David and everyone? Shanghai, Shanghai. We kept on hearing about that period of how Torah kept on. And that's what was inspiring generations of people in the 50s and 60s who had it easy. We kept on hearing about Shanghai. It's possible that your, your Talmidim will be telling the next door about how Corona, how COVID-19, how they were able to be Matzliach and the type of serious Nefesh Torbeim had. So that's it, my friends. Thank you so much, Rebbe, for joining us. We went a little bit off the rails, but I hope it'll be interesting to everyone. And this has been, uh, on principle, challenges in Jewish education and Baruch Hashem. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.